Hello and welcome everybody to the 20th episode of our UBE Friday Afternoon Chill Out Lounge. Well, today it's the 20th episode, so we have at least one reason to celebrate, and later on I will tell you we have another reason to celebrate, but that's a secret. I will only disclose at the very end. So guys, stay tuned for some revelations later on. Today we are unfortunately completely over, not we're not over lawyered, we're over professor because it's not only me today or Sven uh, interviewing a distinguished guest. No, today we thought, let's make this podcast, make this live stream about us. Uh, let's Let's just review what we have done in the last half year in times when Corona and digitalization uh, rose to new heights and we were in the midst of it. Uh, so today I have Sven uh, with me and we just want to chill, hang out and talk about things. Isn't it like this, Sven? Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Yes, I hope you're fine as well. Yeah, I am. <laughs> now, uh, so today's idea is, of course, to to have a flashback for the last 20, uh, 20 editions, of course. Uh, since we discussed a lot of interesting topics, since we had a lot of extremely interesting guests, uh, not only professors, of course, and we touched a lot of topics which are, of course, extremely relevant. And at the beginning, it was at least my perception, at the beginning, we, we had a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty which we had to deal with um, for example talking about trainings will there be any trainings during corona will there be any um, teaching at the university during corona but now 20 editions later i think it's more relaxed isn't it well, we do have we do have answers uh, sven that's absolutely that's absolutely true i remember when we were sitting together in march and the first lock lockdown happened and we had just returned from our little ube academy uh, hideout and we thought okay is, is this the end of it or is this just a short run phenomenon and to be honest in the beginning we all thought okay this is something that will impact our training business our university teaching for a couple of months maybe until summer and then uh, we we go back to normal so everything was in sort of a a makeup pro provisional state you know you, you didn't have your home office properly decorated because you were expecting soon to be back on the road again you you hadn't uh, cancelled your gold star membership with deutsche bahn and deutsche lufthansa because you were expecting soon to be flying again now half a year later we learned that this is not the case. So what has happened in the world of universities and training? It is digital, full stop. And I see at this point in time very little uh, signals that this will return to the status quo ante in uh, the foreseeable future. Uh, there are many reasons for it, uh, probably, and we, we're going to talk about this later on, but I think <laughs> we are where we are, and this is going to stay for a while. Don't you agree, Sven? 
at least some of these fenomens definitely um, seem to be very sustainable, yeah. I remember at the beginning of the corona crisis, we even booked hotels for the next seminars. Uh, all of them had to be cancelled, and, and which is uh, a sad story for the hotels, of course, and, and for me as well. Uh, you know, I, uh, we both love to travel, uh, but this uh, simply doesn't, doesn't take place. Uh, so, hmm. yeah, and the university, that's extremely interesting. What, what we saw is things which were considered as completely impossible just eight months ago are now pretty normal. And that's maybe not all good, but in many senses a, a very positive development, of course, since um, we are now practicing what we <laughs> forecasted uh, years ago. Yeah, it's a very interesting situation, yeah. The question, but this question for you is: uh, Our listeners are typically no, no university students, but uh, people later on employ university graduates. So people in the business side, are we uh, are we heading for a lost generation? Do we will do we will we see uh, worse doctors, worse engineers, worse marketing specialists? If there is such a thing, uh, <laughs> what's your take? Oh, I think that's, um, no, it's uh, maybe even the opposite of a lost generation, but this is something which we have to carefully observe. I think those who manage to get their education during these times are really the tough guys. Uh, they are fit for future, definitely. Uh, those who failed to get this, okay, well, this was like a big assessment center for the companies. Um, so I think many of our students, uh, those which we regularly frequently see in our lessons <laughs> they prove to be uh yeah sustainable even a difficult environment so that is high employability yeah Oh, well, that's interesting because my daughter, who has just started university, she said, "Well, Daddy, you're you're not you're wrong here. Would you uh, would you board a plane where the pilot openly discloses to you that he received all of his training online on YouTube?" <laughs> and I, my answer was probably no. It might not be true for every uh, profession. Definitely, uh, maybe a doctor <laughs> uh, should not learn to um, do a surgery of a heart <laughs> on a screen. Yeah. Uh, I think this person should be uh, trained in a classroom, yeah, <laughs> in the hospital, definitely. Same is true for pilots and, of course, for many of the technical subjects as well. Uh, you cannot learn theoretically how to weld, for example. That is something which can be prepared theoretically and, of course, you have to have additional uh, theoretical education on that topic. But at the end of the day, you need 1,000 hours of welding until you are able to weld something, yeah, sure. Yeah, so this is probably the message to, to universities around the world, especially uh, from those who later on need to employ graduates. Guys, open your labs. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you can teach economic uh, economics uh, virtually no problem. I've been doing this for the last half year, and there was probably uh, the quality remained equally bad or good or whatever. But you need to open the labs. You need uh, students to to have these hands-on tech uh, technical experiences. Otherwise, I, I think we're 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 heading for trouble. Okay, so it depends, and uh, every every uh, course and every uh, um, every student program depends is on the subject. 
subject. Maybe I can add something because that that's maybe an interesting aspect also for the trainings. Um, of course, uh, beside uh, these technical uh, abilities, beside the theoretical things which we indeed can teach uh, online, uh, we have another aspect which is more below the line. It's the hidden agenda of any education. That is what we call the social qualification, social intelligence or whatever, building up networks, for example. This is definitely something which does not take place uh, that much on online. So this is something we need the classrooms. And, and uh, if you think about the big um, MBAE programs in the world, those expensive programs where you spend the hell of money, it is not that they can teach better than we do. Of course not. Uh, they are not better teachers than we are. Uh, but their big thing is that many of their students are already in top positions in the economy worldwide. So when you pass these uh, programs, then you will build up a network of executives around the world. And this is something which you cannot do online, definitely. Yeah, as uh, famous English novelist John Le Carré once put it, 90% of decisions in companies are taken by committees that officially don't exist. <laughs> and this is exactly the idea of uh, of, of networking and, and uh, being in the bar just one beer longer. And how can you students learn this? But let's move on. Uh, uh, let's move yeah. on to what another uh, prediction or, or let's say discussion we had back in back in uh, April was um, which industries will benefit and which industries will not benefit from the situation we're currently in. Remember back then we thought it was just a transitionary short-run phenomenon. Now we decided that it's a, we're in from the, for the long haul. So what, what's your take on it? Well, first of all, of course, that is not really surprising. The digitalization uh, industry is, of course, top of the pop. That's really, they get benefits from, from everywhere. Who knew Zoom just one year ago? <laughs> and it's now one of the top companies and everyone wants to work for them. And, and uh, I don't know if they earn money, but, but uh, at least their shares are extremely expensive, uh, became extremely expensive in the meantime. And what we can do is uh, thank thanks to Dell, um, they have their biannual digitalization study and they just uh, this week published their recent results. So what we see is all over companies are jumping in and are investing in digital uh, products, concepts, whatsoever. So this industry can be considered definitely as uh, the big winner of the corona crisis. Yeah. What else is there? You you you, you probably read this Dell study already. Uh, it's hot hot not hot of the press. But uh, what what does it what does it say? What, is is there anything in it for us that's interesting for us? Oh, I think so. Yeah, that, that's uh, some of the ideas we had uh, six months ago were, were let's say, confirmed. Uh, the number of companies um, forcing their digitalization projects is tremendously increasing. Um, Eighty percent of the companies, uh, and, and they they did a study in eighteen countries. Eighty uh, percent of the companies uh, they talked to uh, uh, claimed that uh, at least the majority of their projects are forced 
during Corona crisis and because of Corona crisis. And the number of companies uh, which are more waiting what will happen with digitalization and we're more on the uh, yeah on the waiting list for uh, future projects um, decreased from nine percent just two years ago to now three years uh, three percent and that's of course uh, everybody learned obviously beside these three percent everybody learned it's time to digitalize beside any corona and any health uh, issues it is time to invest in digitalization and that's uh, what they uh, what Dell um, what the Dell study shows but at the same time and this was uh, yeah to some extent surprising for me at the same time um, corona's also stopping digitalization uh, in, in, in some some and uh, some means then because um, many companies also now fear about the future the budget had to be cut uh, and some companies don't know if they even exist in two months and, and, and 12 months time so that is something which slows in some areas of the digitalization process as well and also to some extent not surprising what they still found out that one of the main hurdles for any digitalization project is the qualification of uh, the employees not necessarily the CEOs <laughs> the C-level employees but of course the workers uh, the people in all the hierarchies um, often they don't know what these stuff are as good for and that stops any digitalization projects where people know what this is there we can observe that even um, home offices beside home offices also digitalization projects concerning for example the build up of uh, business digital business models and uh, digital communication with uh, customers is improving and spreading up Okay, so, so probably my job is to talk about the bad news. So who's? I mean, I, I thought I, I I found this Dell study really uh, interesting because it has some counterintuitive um, learnings. However, we have quite some uh, intuitive learnings that we we had expected. Who's who's losing out? And uh, back then we were expecting that the um, stationary uh, retail stores are going to take a are going to take a hit, and this is definitely happening. Um, so uh, if you are if you run your little boutique and you don't have a a following that is also online active, you are probably in severe. In, in in severe difficulties and you're also into uh heavy waters when you think about um com commercial and industry property development it is um, from what we have learned from from our customers over the last half years how dramatically they decide they, they have decided to reduce office space and and the only reason why this hasn't materialized yet is because uh, often they have long run long-term leasing arrangements five years ten years but the de the decision has been made and i don't see any reason for them to uh, to review this so if you are a property developer or if you are uh, in, in, in facilitating or leasing arrangements, then you probably 
are on the suffering end. The same with hotels and uh, and and um, and restaurants, and of course the industry that uh, you can see in the back of my of my screen uh, entertainment industry we we had a couple of weeks ago i think this was a very telling episode we had uh, a drummer from los angeles and a music producer from palma de mallorca uh, on the call and what they were saying i mean they they were extremely um, resilient but nevertheless entertainment industry as a whole is suffering i went to a theater last night it had maybe 20 percent capacity uh, i don't know how you want to make money with this kind of arrange uh, arrangement so they are definitely going to suffer and and we will probably see a lot of them um, not making it yeah that was a learning from that episode from my from my side yeah was we we had the situation that uh, this industry long time had a very um, comfortable position selling uh cds and dvds <laughs> this was killed by some some digital models <laughs> and then they compensated this by doing events and now the events are disappeared yeah so then we see a drummer playing in famous rock groups and uh, living on teaching drumming <laughs> teaching guitar to to pupils yeah that's that's an interesting <laughs> development yeah that's an interesting development and and and, and those are and, and this is let's say uh, a form of entertainment that is relatively easily commercialized when we talk about pop and rock music but if we talk about jazz oh my god or or about uh, let's say a dance dance theaters and they're really they're really struggling and uh, i i have learned for myself how important culture actually is and you, you learn it uh, you, you learn it only when suddenly it disappears then you then you don't know what you got until it's gone as uh, tom Kiefer once put it okay so now we're, we're we're moving into the new normal i hate this word new normal it's not normal it sucks uh but they call it new normal we let's call it a new situation <laughs> uh, I, I, it's if that's normal oh my god count me out <laughs> however um sven what elements will become the new normal yeah, maybe picking up this strange term, new normal. Maybe we learned that normal is no longer normal. <laughs> maybe new new dynamic. However, yeah, what I'm looking very much forward is that uh, the uh, that the everyday masks will become really everyday's product. Also in Europe, I was always um, admiring uh, the people in in, in Asia because uh, they were very polite when they have a flu or when they feel a bit sick. Then and they, since decades, use the mask to protect not themselves but the others. And I think I always thought this is a very good idea. And I hope this will be every day's uh, normal situation now, also in Europe and maybe in the US, um, <laughs> if, if the right president became president and yeah, becomes president. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? <laughs> well, a, a couple of things. First of all, the uh, um, the the disappearing dress code. That's something. I mean, look at me <laughs> wearing a wearing a polo shirt uh, and, on a Friday afternoon. Well, that's that's rare. Um, but what we see is the uh, the. Things have become normal that were unthinkable in the past. For example, you have a conference call and suddenly a child storms through the room uh, playing uh, cowboy. 
or wearing something that is uh, maybe not appropriate in a business as a business attire. And we've seen, I mean, you have seen students in, 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 in bath robes. I've seen students uh, where the boyfriend runs half naked through the picture and this is all okay. I mean, it's, you know, the world hasn't, it uh, doesn't stop. Um, but we see, I, I think if, if, if I was a tailor, I would probably be concerned as well. Add this to my list of, uh, of uh, unfortunate uh, industries Industries, but I see the the dress code. But there's another thing, and I, I think this is where where I see a long term phenomenon in, in in companies. Why I believe this is we're not going back to the status quo ante. And this is um, at one point companies will realize, even once we have a treatment or a cure, whatever for COVID nineteen, they will realize that they saved a lot of uh, money uh, because they had reduced traveling. And they had reduced unnecessary long meetings somewhere, uh, off-sites, etc. And at some point, companies will, re will realize that they are uh, under some budget constraints or restraints because uh, the uh, the economy tanked and uh, to to re <laughs> to climb back out of the hole, you need to reduce costs. And as we all teach our students, if you want to save costs, you go for overhead costs. So cut down. Cut down training costs, kick out the consultants, and uh, and reduce travel costs. And now this new normal is a wonderful <coughs> formula for exactly that. So we will. I, I I make a prediction. We will see very few online trainings. We will see a lot of home office. To continue, we will see customer meetings uh, uh, on Zoom and uh, and and on other on on other on Teams and whatever, and we see less personal contact. And this is because there will be a trinity of, of interest. There will be the the trade unions who will say, "Oh yeah, the home office or mobile office work this uh, allows for more freedom for our employees." The CFOs will love it, and the the sustainability departments will love it as well because they say, "Yeah, fine." we can improve our carbon footprint so i think we, this is definitely going to be the new normal the question is who's suffering uh, that will be indeed uh, that's really an extremely relevant question as uh, for, for me uh, well uh, i think of course as always when we talk about new developments and we talk about digitalization we will always see some phenomenons which nobody expected beforehand uh, appearing um, and now i'm very curious what will happen in this case uh, one aspect one suspect for me is the again the network stuff now uh, in the 1970s 1980s 80s companies spent a lot of money to to create occasions for informal communication. Uh, I know in the 70s they put some flowers into the offices and and some coffee and so that people meet. And when the copy machine came up, um, then uh, it was a good place to meet some colleagues and to discuss some matters um, un, 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 unplanned, uh, spontaneously. And and by that way you learned a lot. Uh, for example about who's working on which project or who's failing on one project or who's who's looking for some information which you might have uh, this is by the way the strong reason why the smokers in companies are so powerful because they meet in the smoking corners and and by that way and and through all the hierarchies through all the functional uh, departments and that's the way where communication 
cavernous fluid and this is definitely not taking place um, uh, online. Um, you cannot organize a spontaneous Zoom meeting. Uh, what we see is of course, uh, for example, uh, uh, chill out Friday chill outs or the uh, Wednesday party which which is uh, offering some music and then everybody can uh, can uh, jump into the session but but this is of course a different thing you 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 will not uh, spontaneously talk about your trouble if 250 uh, listeners are there now you will talk to this to someone who you know because uh, you know him from 100 cigarettes before uh, of course and this does not take place i'm i'm not sure if this is really hurting companies but i'm curious in to which extent it might reduce productivity it might reduce uh, creativity Okay, then maybe we want to move on to what do we as the UBE Academy, what are our suggestions <laughs> for companies going forward? And, and, and my, my take is here, um, as always, as I said, yes, of course, the lack of uh, personal contact, the lack of networks, the, the often artificial uh, situations we find ourselves in, uh, the virtual rooms, this is not all as good as the past, but it is good enough. And I think when we talk about new normal, it is not searching for excellence in this kind of process. It's searching for the next best thing to nothing. So if it's good enough, well, stick to it company because you probably won't get any better at this stage but just you know move on and uh, accept the fact that it's not as it used to be my god so that's the first the first lesson i have and the other one is um think about virtual leadership leadership one of the things you know we we, we we have talked about a bit but now it's virtual leadership and other rules apply and especially in the combination of a growing um, level of uncertainty remember for the last 100 years or 120 years since industrial uh, industrialization kicked in we we learned how to turn a uncertain situation into a risky situation by having models processes procedures to limit uh, to limit the volatility of a certain of a certain variable so basically uh, have a mathematical approach to uncertainty and this is what we uh, uh, why we dealt so much with risk now we have to deal with uncertainty again just like our ancestors had to do 500 years ago and if you have to deal with uncertain situation that you cannot evaluate which you cannot plan where your scenario planning comes to an end well then you need smart people and smart people you need to lead differently and now you have to lead them differently in a virtual uh, environment and this is probably the biggest challenge that we see uh, uh, that our customers are dealing with don't you agree Sven? That's the leadership part, definitely. And then there's the qualification part in it. Um, uh, we need more and more um, abilities, potential, intellectual potel uh, potentials to, to drive through situations which were uncertain, which were unforeseen. Uh, so what we need to is to, to prepare the companies uh, for the unforeseeables. And that means uh, qualify qualification on every level. Trust, of course. Um, you have to trust even if it's 
get someone from a very low hierarchy if this person has a good idea and this person knows uh, this specific topic a lot better than you do then let him run uh, anyhow <laughs> he's in the home office you're in the home office you cannot stop him physically um, and and this is a new situation for many many leaders many high um, big shots in companies high hierarchies um, however um, I think this can be even systematically uh, introduced uh, to, to, to companies by for example um, doing online trainings which help the people to understand to have a better understanding of uh, digital development economical developments political developments and so forth and to understand what kind of uh, technologies what kind of process innovations they can implement to deal with the situation and if the whole company is prepared then it might uh, increase tremendously the uh, probability that the whole company will survive the whole thing um, so this opens a big potential, I think, for seminars and trainings. Okay, thank you so much, Sven. Yeah, this was it, the 20th anniversary of our live stream and podcast, the UBE Academy Friday Chillout. Please stay tuned. Next week, we will have another fascinating guest and we will discuss everything digital and uh, hopefully not too much about COVID-19 again. Please stay safe. Please wear a mask and uh, stay tuned. Bye-bye. Stay healthy. Thank you very much. And see you soon again. Yeah.